Hi, this is Lauren Zimmerman. I'm with the Writer's Block Bookstore located in Winter Park. And I'm actually sitting in the beautiful Writer's Block Bookstore recording studio in Winter Park in the brand new Winter Park Library. And with me here is Elaine Clark, who is an avid reader and also a member of the Board of Trustees for the for the library. And we're really excited to have her here just to talk about um, books and her blog and all those wonderful things that we love to talk about books and independent bookstores themselves. Um, so Elaine's blog is called Miscellaneous. And I'm going to put Elaine on the spot, literally. She just walked in, has no idea what I was doing. And so literally, I'm going to put her on the spot and ask her to tell us a little bit about her blog. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much. And it is definitely on the spot <laughs> to sit here and talk about my blog. But I um, I have been brainstorming for a few years, and a dear friend of mine encouraged me to just start putting something on paper mm -hmm. or a computer. And um, so I have, a year ago, I started um, writing small posts to family and friends about books that I love, uh, places that I've visited that have really cool bookstores, and um, that sort of morphed into um, talking about literary events and happenings in our community. That's great. I am so excited about the blog, and I was so excited when I found out about it because I knew about the recording studio, and I knew that um, I wanted to start doing a podcast and, um, and, and recordings about books and events and about what's going on in our community. Um, Winter Park is known as an arts and culture community, and uh, literature is is one of the arts and so that's where I am focused on and we don't talk about literature enough in my opinion I think when we talk about the arts we think of music and theaters and plays but you know we kind of leave the, the literature out um, so it, it's important to talk about books and why we love books and who loves books and and bookstores and libraries and all the fun ways that you can be feel in touch and enjoy a book um, so Elaine, a little bit ago, uh, you had said to me that you'd want to, you know, get some information and you had a beautiful question and unfortunately we didn't record it. So I'm going to ask you to repeat it and I'll give you answers mm -hmm. in reference to bookstores. You were saying earlier yes. that, you know, that you were noticing that, that bookstores are becoming unique in the pandemic and, yes. and all that. So if you, it was beautifully said, I'd love to, I, sometimes it's hard to repeat something we've said beautifully, but we're going to try again. Well, you know, I, I have noticed and read um, a lot in the press about independent bookstores um, having a resurgence since the pandemic. I think that they served a, a great purpose to the community during a time when public libraries were closed. And um, it, what I've always thought unique about bookstores in um, different cities is the niche that they fill. They are, some are quirky, some are um, about mysteries, and each of them has their own personality. I think um, what is unique about Writer's Block is that um, it acts as an extension of our great library here in Winter Park. And we're also fortunate to have this new beautiful facility to come and visit. But in addition to that, we have this beautiful bookstore just down the street that meets the needs of every single person in our community. And I um, was curious when, as I was reading about this to find out how the, how the store has um, I guess, morphed since the pandemic here for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a really great question. Um, it, it, it was up and down. Um, you know, any kind, all of us, the whole world came to a stop. Um, what was interesting was people started asking for puzzles in the beginning. 
um, and books for their children and things like that. And all of a sudden, our web business just increased exponentially. People started going onto our website, which is fantastic because we're trying to drive people to our website rather than using um, the famous whose name will not be mentioned. Um, and so they became more accustomed to, to coming to the local bookstore to get books rather than ordering them online. Um, so, and then it, it just introduced us to the community. What was really fun was, uh, and you were talking about the uniqueness of bookstores, is that every bookstore is, is definitely unique. And I've always believed when I even open the book that, that the bookstore has to have me as the owner um, all over it. Uh, you know, I, I tell it to my staff all the time that that you know my words and my and and how I curate and the customers that that come into the store, they have to come in and, and feel like they know me. Uh, they have to when they ask you know who selects the books on the shelves it's, well it's Lauren you know who selects the gifts Lauren, and so because I and not because I feel like any Lauren is special, but. I agree with you that every bookstore is unique and that it's important that our voice, that, that the owner's voice is always there and always um, available to the community um, so that they feel like they're part of the bookstore, they feel like they know the bookstore, they know the staff, they enjoy it, they know what to expect. Um, and it's interesting because we opened up a bookstore in Winter Garden during the pandemic. And Winter Garden is a slightly different community than Winter Park. It's very similar. They have the shop, downtown shopping and the, and and all of that, but it's it's more of a f more a lot more families, a lot more uh, transient and people that are coming in because of the growth in in West Orlando. So, trying to learn about my customer in Winter Garden and learn about my customer in Winter Park has been really fascinating um, to try to get to know them. But assuming that we do know our st our stores and people come in and they're and they and they know what to expect, um, you know, it, it, the pandemic just brought more and more people to the store. Uh, I'm not sure if after the pandemic is over, if people are going to go back to their old habits. Uh, there's a void, like a lapse in between the pandemic and now that we're dealing with, and that's bringing back um, events and bringing people back in the store and uh, doing marketing and trying to get all the uh, people back that ordered books from us during pandemic because that has dropped off. I'm assuming they're going back to ordering from whose name will not be mentioned. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's been, it, 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 the pandemic did elevate us to the next level, for sure. Um, I'm proud of the fact that during the pandemic that I was able to keep um, it open most of the time and to keep my staff on payroll. I'm really proud of that. There was a lot of bookstores that shut down during the pandemic and the, the employees, you know, went, got on, um, you know, government uh, unemployment and all those extra benefits that people needed in order to survive during the pandemic. And I didn't, none of my staff had to do that. They were with me the whole time. And I didn't even look to see if I was making money or not making money. You know, it was just something that I decided was important to me to keep them employed. I used to joke that, I'm not. I'm, I'm used to joke while it was happening that maybe I would make more money if I just had shut down, <laughs> because it was just total chaos. If you had gone in our store uh, in the beginning and we shut off half the store and we were receiving books and the publishers were were a mess and they you know they were shut down and we didn't know what you know what they had and what they didn't have and it was just so you when you walked in there you just saw boxes of books and it, you know I wish we had taken more pictures because it was kind of you know, it, we could put it into the history books of the, you know, the pandemic, because one every hundred years we have a pandemic. And so um, 
but do, is it, does that answer your question the, the long way? Well, that description, uh, there was there, recently there was a documentary on, I don't know what streaming channel, but about a gentleman who had a bookstore, I think, in, a, uh, in Vermont or Maine or someplace. I, I don't mm. know if, if you've seen it. But exactly as you described is what was happening to him. He, um, a single owner, it was a very small town, and people were walking up to his window asking if he was open. And, of course, he was very cautious. He was an older gentleman. And um, people could not come into the store, but he would hand them the books outside their window. And um, his the inside of the store was filled with deliveries. And, of course, the only people allowed in and out were the people dropping off their books. But what stuck with me in that documentary was that for this was his lifeblood. You know, his daily routine was, um, and it was the lifeblood of the people in the community. They were so grateful to have this one place where there was some form of interaction beyond what they had, you know, in their in their home, their closed doors, and it um, kept the the reading world and the world of literature open to them. Yeah. So it was. It, it is kind of an amazing yeah. thing, and I think it it made everybody um, in the book business appreciate. Uh, what what you have to offer yeah I used to joke you know they never they never uh, said that uh, bookstores were essential so we were never uh, although I argued that we were I kept saying we're essential I mean these people they need books and where are they going to get them and um, and so we we behaved like it was essential um, we were it's fortunate that bookstores that I own a bookstore if I had owned any other retail I would not be in this position um, it was just a, uh, a wonderful coincidence that I just happened to open a bookstore. But I have a funny story about the pandemic. I think all, I think all owners have their own little funny story. So in the beginning, we would we delivered. If you had a three two seven eight nine um, or five one or nine two zip code, um, we would drive drive and bring the books to people's houses within like a three or four mile radius. Not even that. Um, and I was the delivery person. So every day I'd come in and they'd have this box um, for me with the addresses and I would go around Winter Park and, oh, what a beautiful area here. And I'm looking around going, wow, this is really nice. And so I'm walking up to doors and, and people are passing me and they're going, Lauren, what are you doing? And I'm going, you know, I ran it. A couple of people recognize me and I go, I'm delivering books. It's like, so the owner's delivering books. And, you know, I think it was kind of fun to do that during the pandemic. It was very, you know, if you talk about the macro and the micro of it. Um, you know, the macro was the pandemic and all that. And then the micro was me getting in my car at three o'clock every day and delivering books in winter parks. That was kind of fun to do that. Well, I, I guess it speaks to that sense of community, mm -hmm. you know, that we all kind of we don't realize we need until we don't necessarily until it's taken away from mm -hmm. us. And I feel like that's what the you know, when the library was going through the transition it was kind of, you know, it was there, but it wasn't there, and we all really missed it. And now when you when you walk back into the library and you see the activity, you think you, you really, um, it's just this kind of a joyful experience. You appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like um, that's when you walk down Park Avenue mm -hmm. and you walk by your bookstore. Yeah. You know that when you're going to, when you walk inside and you start to have a conversation with the person behind the counter, they're going to ask you, oh, well, you know, do you like that book? Or I read this book, and I've heard conversations like that happening between your um, 
the people who work at your place with people who are buying books and sometimes there are five or ten minute conversations yeah. about books. you know a series of books that they might read based on the book this person is buying and it's um it's a really um, fantastic transaction. Oh yeah, you know it, it, the days when I can wait on customers and 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 talk books for ten minutes is like the funnest part of my day. You know, it's like you can, like one of the today is National Book Lovers Day, by the way, and um, somebody sent an email and asked a bunch of questions about the bookstore and and you know why I own the bookstore and. Um, you know, and the, and the main thing was the you know the sense of community, the the you know the charm, and this and you come in and and you know you leave all your politics and your opinions you know outside, and you come in and you can talk about books and and with anybody. And what I love about books is, and it, it's available. It's a shocking how much it's not available, but if you think about it, it's it's, it's a book. You know, it's like five dollars or twenty dollars or a used book or library book or whatever, um, but it's not an expensive adventure for anybody. And I think it's also the road to learning for for a lot of people. And it's also a form of enjoyment where you can you know read about other people's lives or read about foreign places or you know read stories uh, you know um, about the past or or fantasy you know and and all of it is just a book. And it's not that expensive. And it's just a place where people can come in and they can walk there and pull up a fantasy book. And I could be standing right next to them and we're talking about the book. And, you know, for all I know that, you know, our politics are opposite and I have no idea and I have a new friend and they walk out the door. And, you know, it, it's really, really special um, that, that bookstores have. I don't know of any other business or I could, I could probably say that about libraries, but I don't know any, any other environment. I mean, that, that where you can have those kind of interactions. Um, you know, there's the whole third place concept of, you know, coffee shops, churches, and books being your, you know, your third place. But I, I think the books or bookstores and, and libraries are at the top of the third place because if you talk about churches and cafes, they're, they're wonderful too. But they're not, it's, there's no real interaction in terms of uh, real, you know, learning um, and reading and, and especially for children. Um, and so I, you know, I think that, that that's very special, and um, I am very lucky um, to be able to um, provide that service to the community. Well, something that I'm working on for the first blog after a, a nice little summer break is I reached out to a lot of my readers and asked mm -hmm. them to um, talk to me or send me their favorite summer reads because, yeah. of course, you know, everybody talks about summer reading, right. and um, I figure... For those of us who didn't get a lot of summer reading in, it would be nice to add new books to our queue, right? Uh -huh. And so it was, um, it's been really fun to get uh, recommendations back from people. But um, what, I, um, what I also find really interesting and what I sort of researched over the summer are um, looking into reading blogs uh -huh. that talk about um, your, their favorite books, like uh -huh. the New York Times yes. Um, yes. Po blog yes. post. Yes. And so um, I had reached out to you earlier in the yeah. summer to get your list of the, uh, the places that you seek to find out interesting books. I, I think what has been um, fun about coming into the library is seeing how they showcase all of their books, and they've got the bestsellers. Um, the, everything's kind of arranged in sort of a, a bookstore mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of way. Mm -hmm. And um, so before people walk into the library or your bookstore, it would be nice for them to have kind of an idea of what they're looking for. 
and um, many times, at least through this, through the um, interaction with my readers, I have a list of about five books now that I am interested in, and so I thought it would be nice to um, to add an, an additional reference to blogs that people can go to yeah. to hear people talk about books. Yeah, well, you know, um, there are many, many blogs about books and I um, and, and podcasts and things like that. I, I there's a couple of uh, websites that are fantastic that you actually have to join for a nominal fee that um, gives uh, all the list of reviews and new books that are coming out and and you know a lot of these um, websites they'll actually interview the author because they've been around a really long time and they're successful in talking about new releases and then there's the the actual podcasts there's like the New York Times that you mentioned and there's just so many more uh, that I listen to if you look at my phone there's probably a dozen of them. Um, on my phone and and so when I'm driving I listen to them sometimes and people are talking about books I listen to you know NPR religiously and to find out you know who what books are going uh, coming out right now that they're actually talking about uh, we get a lot of suggestions from the the publicist I mean from the publishers um, about new releases and that such and such is going to be on the Today Show so we learn things in advance it's a real interesting it, it is a science picking out new releases um, and it's even a bigger science, which is something brand new that's happening right now in the world. And I think it was because of TikTok, actually, that there's a resurgence of older books, books that have been around for a long time. Um, are you, we're probably seeing that in the library as well. People are coming in and probably asking for um, other books, not new releases, uh, because all of a sudden it's on TikTok and everybody wants to read it. Um, so that's so, pretty exciting. So what's the title on TikTok that you, I mean, it's called there? Book Talk. It's a it's a hashtag. Okay. Um, I'm not good. My staff. I, I'm I go to the old fashioned stuff. The 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 TikTok. I'm just now on the beginning of a learning curve with that. Uh, going to it and because like Instagram has Bookstagram and they have all these other hashtags that you can use and and um, so you you know you look for the t hashtags and it's it's really interesting what people are are doing on TikTok. It's crazy. We have this one author, Colleen Hoover, who's been around a long time. Um, and she, for some reason, it really took off. And we sold over 200 of their books. I'm sure they're being checked out all the time here. Um, and it was all, people found out about her backlist. It wasn't, it wasn't her new stuff. It was finding all of her old, her old books. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. And there's a few of those. Very exciting. Yeah. Especially considering that that demographic is a much younger demographic. Yeah. And so it introduces them to a whole genre of books yeah. that they would have never, ever yeah. considered. Yeah. Um, so... Besides the New York Times podcast and TikTok, hashtag book talk, what else do you love for, for, podcasts? for podcasts? Yeah, so um, I'm, what I'm doing actually right now is I'm pulling, if, for those of you that are not, cannot um, see this, I'm pulling up on my phone all the, the uh, podcasts that I listen to. Okay, so what should I read next with Ann Bogle? All the books book that's from Book Riot, and Book Riot has a great website too, um, Book Talk, etc. There's Fully Booked, and that, that's the podcast for Kirkus Review, if anybody's familiar with Kirkus Review, which is the leader um, in the industry of uh, uh, reviewing both published and self-published books. Uh, NPR Book of the Day, um, uh, Currently Reading Podcast. Uh, there's another Book Riot Podcast. There's the Book Review. There's the Future Construct. There's the New Yorker Fiction. Uh, there's the my who's I just have so much respect for the literary life with Mitch Kaplan, who's the owner of Books and Books. 
Um, there's a friend of ours, our local um, author, who's we're so proud of, Friends in Fiction. Um, Kristen Harmel is in that group, and she's become a New York Times uh, best-selling author during um, the, the during COVID. Uh, reading, I, I'm not kidding, right? She stopped taking notes. Reading glasses, get booked, um, the stacks, Sarah's bookshelf live, the literary life podcast. Should I go on? Um, the the novel pairing. Um, there's just you know so many of them out there, and it's so cool that that maybe there's a whole resurgence of just reading, and listening to people talk about books. For all of our listeners, I'm going to put that on my blog, so you don't have to write all that down. Right. Yeah, that's, I'll give her my amazing. phone, and then she can write it all down. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one thing that um, so tell me about the literary life. Tell me about. Uh, it's Kaplan? Yeah, from Books and Books. Books, books and Books in Miami, right? Yes. So Books and Books is a, um, a bookstore in Miami. Mitch uh, is the owner. He's, I, I guess it's been close to 30 years. I'm not sure the exact number, but, um, you know, he started out as a college age or whatever, and he's still there. And and, and the book, and so he started this uh, uh, podcast probably about three or four years ago. It was before the pandemic. And he's been able to, he, he interviews authors most of the time. He doesn't really talk about specific books. He'll, he'll interview one specific author. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of others uh, that have podcasts too, other bookstores that, are, that I didn't list. Like if you were to go to any indie bookstore, some of them already have blogs and podcasts and you can just click on there. So, but uh, that, that's a particularly good one because uh, he's so lucky that he's been in the industry for so long and that he's able to interview as many authors as, as he wants. And so that's pretty exciting that he can do that. Something we can strive for. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, another thing that struck me when you were talking is, can you tell our audience about the Kirkus Review. Oh, okay. Because, that, you know, you, you look at the New York Times reviews. You look, I mean, I, I look at Wall Street Journal. I look at The Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have pulled up Kirkus Reviews, and I'm just curious to know yeah, more about Yeah, well, it. yeah, there's two that I really, really, actually three, um, that I, I really rely on. When people come to the store, I tell them the, the one thing I do not do is I do not rely on the New York Times bestselling list. I ignore the New York Times bestselling list. Um, I know that authors want to be on it, and it's exciting. Um, we worked with, like Kristen, I felt like we were a part of her mission to become a bestselling author during the pandemic. Um, Amazon was not selling her book. that, And so to, to get on the New York Times during pandemic was, was amazing. Um, but that's not really what we look at. So Kirkus Review um, is a magazine that it, it gets expensive. Um, it comes out every month, and they review uh, books. People submit books to, to – authors submit them to Kirkus Review. And they sometimes – most of the time they reject them, but if they were willing to uh, publish a review, it's pretty exciting. Uh, if it gets a star review, that's even more exciting because then it, they, they, they write a full-blown review of that book. So when I go on Kirkus Review, I'm looking for the star reviews. Um, and so I read the reviews because I don't get a chance to read all the books. So when someone comes in the store, it's like, can you give me a recommendation? And I'll say, well, I, I haven't read the book, but I've read the reviews. And then there's another one, um, Publishers Weekly, and that's a trade magazine that's the same as Kirkus, where people will turn, send in books to be reviewed. They're more, Kirkus is, is, adheres, they, they're more independent, and they do, will, they do reviews for self-published and for a lot of different books. Publishers Weekly is more uh, mainstream and works mostly with the publishers directly, and so you don't see a whole lot of self-published 
reviews of self-published. And then there's the uh, book page, which is great. And the libraries, that's kind of something libraries use a lot um, that, they, that they rely on to help them choose. And there's some great articles. Uh, if all I did was open, if all I did was look at Publishers Weekly, Kirkus Review, and book page every month, I would know what's going on in the industry right there and then. That's it. Um, there's a couple of other websites. Book Browser is, is really good. Um, that's the one where I paid to monthly to be able to get in there and, um, and, and see more. You can make a comments on them if you're a member. Publishers Weekly is great. Um, book page is probably the cheapest of the three. Uh, subscriptions that you can get. And those are open to everyone. To it, there's everyone. A, it's just like if you had a subscription to Time Magazine. Okay. Um, but they're they're more expensive than, I mean, when I say expensive, I mean, you know, in the hundreds. Um, but, it, you know, but it's something that's for the trade and it's important and, and, um, and you know, because that's where we go to, to find, because they, they review the books about uh, six weeks out so that we know that we make sure that the books are on our shelves. Before they're, before they hit the shelves. Right. Re- okay. Yeah. So you want to, you the book page doesn't do that. Book pages like at the moment it's that month like the month of August will tell you what's coming out in August, but Publishers Weekly and Kirkus will tell you what's coming out um, like two months from now or six weeks from now. So. Well, I don't know how you keep up with all of it, and I will attest to having seen the bookshelves in your house <laughs> that are filled to the brim and your desk that is filled to the brim with books. Yeah. And there are so many to read yeah. and so little time to yes. read them. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it's a bookseller. It's like I don't get to read as much. I'm the, I'm the shoemaker that has no shoes. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it's great, you know, and... Um, and I, you know, and I like when I can sit down and, and read a book and finish it and love it. Um, that brings a lot of joy um, to me, and because I all of a sudden I've decided that I'm crazy about this author and I will do everything I can to help promote and sell the book. And and my energy and my enthusiasm um, in that book when I did read it. Um, maybe for the next podcast we can talk about an experience I had with uh, a, a book that went hit. It was a debut author, and I read it before it came out, and I just went crazy over this book. And it ended up being, like, number one, and it went, and, and everybody fell in love with it at such a young age. Um, Reed, I forgot her first name. But I'll talk about that book because I got to talk to her on the phone and everything. I mean, it was really cool. So th- when stuff like that happens, um, I, I get excited. So how does so you hear about that? The library here is about new books through mm-hmm. what was the um, well, well they uh, book page. But they book, have their own resources. Page, they own probably resources. use Publishers Weekly too because there's a whole section for librarians. Do you coordinate at all with? Do you interface with the library at all when you're ordering your no. books, or it's mm-hmm. completely separate? Totally different. Yeah, they probably rely on the New York Times more than I do um, because somebody's buying those books. Uh, you know, we put James Patterson on our shelves and nobody buys them. You know, they come here and they and they um, and they borrow them. Um, the same is true for romance. Is that way? People would rather borrow than 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 buy. So you kind of notice, uh, uh, you know, where I guess it's you get to know where the reader is going. Are they going to the library? Are they getting their Kindle? Like, you know, how mm-hmm. are they how are they getting their books? Um, but when somebody something hits the New York Times bestselling list, ch- chances are they. Bought, went to a library or they bought it off of um, off of uh, 
Barnes and Noble or or Amazon. When they come into the store, they want to see something different than they see at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon. They want to see that debut author that I mm-hmm. read that I went was crazy about, and you know, and I didn't single handedly help her be number one. I'd like to think that I did, but. You know, if you combine all the indie bookstores together and how they all went, you know, excited about because it created buzz within the community. We also communicate with each other. That's one thing I left out. Um, The trade itself, the booksellers communicate with one another. There's programs and there's a lot of that's kind of complicated, too. We should put that down for a future talk on how bookstores communicate with each other about books that are coming out. Um, I rely on that more than I rely on. I, I rely on reviews by booksellers more than I rely on re- reviews from New York Times. Well, I think um, what I kind of take away from this conversation is that uh, walking into a bookstore isn't just about going in and necessarily picking out the bestseller book that you see on New York Times, but sort of um, ha- having the opportunity to kind of uh, roam and think, and um, if something grabs you, you have a personal friend in that mm-hmm. bookstore that can help you and guide you and help mm-hmm. you pick out that book. Mm-hmm. And having that there's a myriad of resources available to find out about new books. And we need to be just joyful that we have that opportunity yeah. to yeah. find out about all yeah. those different things and read yeah. in all different genres. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and, uh, people ask me all the time about the bookstore, and I look at them and I go, it's an industry. <laughs> it's controlled. It, it's you know it, it's 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 you've got you know it's a it, you've got publishers, you've got authors, you've got publicists, you've got marketing, you've got agents, you've got bookstores, you've got Amazon. It's an industry. Um, so anyway, I think that that probably this is a good time to stop. It, this was just such a wonderful conversation. I enjoyed it, and I put Elaine on the spot, and you were just such a good good sport about this, um, and. I am looking forward to continuing our conversations and creating a really fun podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you.